0: Uh, this morning, Pastor Jared mentioned that we've been doing this this study on Wednesday nights, and uh, we've been going through disciple uh, teaching about discipleships. And I and I'll be honest and I'll be open and and maybe my opinion or fact or whatever, but I think the church doesn't do a good enough job of teaching discipleship. I think the church, you know, that they that they they get you in and like. Uh, you know, okay, you're saved and you're, you're sanctified in your baptism. You know, it's like, okay, what, what what's next? You know, I think the church needs to do a better job of discipling. And so it's like, think about it. When you go to, when you go to college or you go to school, you know, they just don't throw you the books and say, go to class, or maybe they do. <laughs> they give you a syllabus. They teach you. They, they, they walk with you. We need, we need as a church to be like that too. As discipleship, we need to teach you and show you. And so you stay on the, the right path. And it, church is just not coming about coming in and you know, getting saved and going on your way. It's about teaching. And this morning, we're going to look at a passage where Jesus is looking, looking for followers. But they come with excuses. They come with excuses. And this morning, I simply titled titled this, The Plow. Say that with me, The Plow. The Plow, look at that good-looking plow right there. Um, This morning, we're going to be in Luke chapter 9, verses 51 through 62. 51 through 62. I'm going to actually give you the main idea before the message this morning, and it's simply this. Jesus says, I accept no lukewarm service. I accept no lukewarm service. And that, that comes with, with, uh, with our discipling, and it also comes with our worship, with our worship. No lukewarm service. And so when you're worshiping Him, you've got to think about, am I giving my all? Am I giving my all, not just a lukewarm service? Let's start, let's start at verse 51 this morning. As the time approached for Him to be taken up to heaven... Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And he sent messengers on ahead and went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. Let's pause right there. So there was this division between the Jews and the Samaritans. And so he already, he already knows this. He's already planning ahead. Pick up in verse 53. But the people there did not welcome him. Because he was headed to Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they went to another village. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, Follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Finally, verse 61 Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service of, for the kingdom of God. Lord, this morning we come to you, Lord. Lord, just for a few minutes, just to learn your word, Lord. Lord, I pray that the words that come out of my mouth, Lord, are not of me, but the, are of you, Lord. I, hear, I, I pray that they sink in, hearts are changed, Lord. I pray that we, we don't leave the same as we came in and this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh so have you ever been in a, been a hurry to where you're going? We all get in a hurry, right? We all get in that. That's okay. You can talk back to me this morning. Have you ever been in a hurry? Okay. So recently, my grandmother passed away, and uh, my dad and his friend came down from Memphis. Well, I got a, they were coming down to Mobile. Well, I got a call that they broke down in Jackson, Mississippi. And so I got the call, and, and I said, well, you know what? I'll, I'll come up there and pick you up, and then I'll, I'll bring you down. And so I drive up there three hours to Jackson, pick them up, drive three hours back to Mobile. And so we attend the funeral, and I turn around, and they have to have the vehicle towed back to Memphis. Are you following me here? This is this is a word problem here. Okay. So, so then I drive from Mobile All the way back to Memphis, six hours. Stay the night, and I come back from Memphis to Mobile. I was in a hurry. I was in a hurry to get back to my destination. I was so anxious that I started counting down the minutes. You ever do that on a road trip? Yeah, yeah. You ever notice when you're on vacation or you're getting away, the ride back home is not as exciting as the ride going up there, right? Right? Maybe the music's, aren't, the music's not as good or uh, the snacks are usually gone by the end. The conversation's not as good. You're just sitting there staring at each other. So the destination on the way, on the way up there, it's, it's, not as, it's not as fun when you're coming back. And so you get to the point where you become determined to make it. You want to get determined to get to your destination, So what I'm saying is perhaps we can sympathize a little bit with Jesus here. He was determined to make his destination. Say determined. Determined. And so although the the NIV puts it that Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem, Jesus is going somewhere. We know this in this story. He's going somewhere. He's not a drifter. He's not a wanderer. He's not sightseeing. To be honest, sometimes when, when I'm on a trip or vacation, the, my favorite part is the sightseeing part of other people. Come on, y'all know y'all do it. Yeah. And so Jesus is he's, he's a man. He's got the plan, everything. He's moving forward in the scripture. He's on the fifth hour of a six-hour trip on his way back. And he's determined to accomplish his final goal. And we know what his final goal is going to be. But the journey in this story is... And after this story, it's not literally f- from point A to point B. You know, when we go on vacation or we like to travel, we, go, we, we like to go from point A to, uh, to, to point B. And I remember years ago, uh, you've heard of MapQuest? Anybody ever had the MapQuest directions? Okay. Years ago, what happens when you got the MapQuest directions and they go wrong? Yeah, you're you lost. you lost. And so another story I remember traveling When I first got out out of the military And I was stationed in Jacksonville And they sent me up to Virginia And I had had the MapQuest directions all printed out There was like 17 pages Even though it was like a straight shot up there And I remember the trip from Jacksonville uh, Straight up to Virginia And I was on my way And I got to about Raleigh And there was a detour there was a lot of things shut down in raleigh and i looked down on my mapquest directions and this was not in my mapquest directions the papers and so what i had to do i remember i pulled over and i called my mom and i said look here this is not on my mapquest directions what do i do and so we worked it out and to get you know to get around the city and get to virginia and so the journey here is he, he's, he's, on this, he's on the way to the cross. But again, it's not like point A to point B. He's, he's, he's all over the place, but he's looking for followers here. Stay with me here. And so yet there's still time to stop and gather more followers here. He's, he's, he's trying to save everyone along the way, but he needs more followers. And we hear the first stop here in Samaria, in this Samaria, and what happens Remember, Jesus was not only going to, to Jerusalem as a physical location, he was going to the cross. Don't forget that. He was going to the cross. And so the Samaritans, he's inviting the Samaritans on the path with him. He said, come with me, come with me, follow me. There's so many times in the Bible, in the New Testament, he's, he's encouraging people, follow me, follow me. I know you've heard it over and over, but he's, he's encouraging people, follow me. He knows. He, he wants you to follow him. And so, uh, but, but they, you can tell these people that they, they keep moving. They, they, don't want, they don't really want a part of it. And so, like so many other things, the idea of following Christ, they like the idea. Stay with me. They like the idea, but they're not willing to pay the price of following the Christ. Does that make sense? They like the idea. Oh, but when, when it comes to paying the, paying the cost, I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. The story kind of resonates with with us today. We like the idea when somebody comes up and tells you, yeah, I like the idea. That's That's pretty good. Okay, discipleship, you're going to follow him. You're going to give everything to him. This is is what it's going to cost you. Mm, I don't know if I like that. I don't don't, don't think I want to go that route. And so, again, we we like the idea. It sounds good, but when we put put the action to it, we're not so sure about it. If you think about you think about vehicles today, when we go shopping for a vehicle or if we want a vehicle, the main thing is what do we look at? We, we look for we look for gas mileage, how it how it does on gas mileage, or you know how many doors it has. We look at all these these features. You know we, we like the idea of a vehicle, but when we look look at the cost of it, we're like, I don't know if I don't know if I could do that. The, the cost of it. Same thing with following Christ. Again, we like the, we like the we like the idea, but we're not so sure about following it when it comes to more. And so now, before Jesus can leave this town, his disciples step up and they've proved once again how brilliant and how amazing and how perfect they really are. Now I'm using sarcasm. Come on now. So they. This is what they say. They, the disciples are so ready to condemn the Samaritans. Remember, they, they, they've got this battle going between the Jews and the Samaritans, and they think they're ignorant and stupid and just all these things. So disciples show us, they, they go to Jesus, and it's like, look, this, this is what we they want to do. They want to call down fire. Pick it up in verse 54 when he, when he says, And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did, don't you love how they, they, they say it? They use the request. They, you want us to command? How about this request? The disciples they, they, they don't get it, and, it's, and sometimes it's like us today that, you know, we, we cast out, we cast out people. We, if we talk to Jesus and we say, "Jesus, can you get rid of these people?" They're in, they're in my way. I don't agree with them. I don't even I don't get along with them. Jesus, can can you do something with these people? But this is what he says. He comes back with, and Jesus says, verse fifty five. He says, Jesus rebuked them. Now, what does rebuke mean? What's it mean? Come on, someone help me out. Yeah. Now to look, at, it says to reprimand, strongly, warm, to restrain. He rebukes them. He rebukes them right, right in front of everybody. So Jesus continues on his journey. Instead of raining down fire, Jesus shows us the way that God responds to people that are not interested in him. I want you to pay attention to that. He, he, he does not stop. Remember I read the scripture earlier. He does not stop. He does not beg them. He, he, he's not going to punish them. He just says, okay. If that's the way you want it, I'm going to keep on moving right now. That sounds kind of harsh or that that, that sounds kind of difficult for, you know, for Jesus. But again, he, he's not going to come to you and he's not going to beg you. Come on, come on, come on. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a choice that, that we have. It's a choice that we have to accept him. We have to love him. And it's a choice that we have to follow him. Y'all okay this morning? Okay. All right. Remember, we're on a a journey here. Jesus is the man with the plan. We're following him. He is not going to, remember, he's not going to beat the door down where he's not wanted. He's not going to come beat down the door where where he's not wanted. Again, it's us to open our hearts and open and accept him and follow him. Um, But he will open the door to us when we accept him. As he continues to the next town, Jesus gets bombarded by several people, and we have these three people that are coming, and they ch- he's challenged to follow him. Now, this is where we get to the good stuff now. It's in the, the, it seems these three people, if you think about it, have a very reasonable request when Jesus comes and he says, follow me. Now, again, if Jesus comes to you and, you, and he says, offers to follow him, we, we have our request, Right? We live in a society and we live in a world that we have our own requests. We have our own needs to be met, right? But if you're going to follow Christ, you must follow him and give up everything and walk with him. It's not about our needs. It's not about our excuses. It's not about our wants. It's about following him. And so the first guy, the first guy comes along and Jesus says, following me will leave you with no earthly possessions. And he says, yeah, but Jesus keeps on moving forward. We like our earthly possessions today, don't we? We like our fine things. We like our nice things. But Jesus says, look, I want you to leave your earthly possessions behind. And the guy says, yeah, but if... And Jesus is like, I'm not going to sit in there and argue with you. Jesus keeps on moving. The second guy comes along, and Jesus says, follow me. The response is the guy's like, yeah, but let, let, let me go let me go and let me go and bury my father. Jesus keeps on moving forward. You see where I'm going with this? The third guy comes along. Yeah, but let me go and say goodbye to my family. This is a good one. The guy's like, just just wait, just hold on. Let, let, me, go, let, me, let, me, let me go and say goodbye. My family. Let, let me go back and let me let me say goodbye to them. Jesus. Continues on. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. Jesus probably left them on their yeah, buts. And so, remember, we're on a journey here. There's no timetable, and Jesus, he's, he's and continuing on. He knows what's ahead of him. It's like Jesus doesn't have time to listen to your, your requests and your needs and your, and, your, and your yeah, buts. He's like, follow me. I know where we're going. Just just follow me. You notice that all three of the yeah buts in this story have excellent reasons to resist. But what do we find here? They they didn't follow him, They, they, they had excuses, and Jesus kept moving forward. I want you to look at this with me. Jesus is trying to tell us something. He is not interested in our excuses. He is not interested in our excuses. He is not interested in our agenda. He is interested in our obedience. Let me read that one more time for you. He is not interested in our excuses. He is not interested in our agenda. He is interested in our obedience. Remember the two words, follow me. It's simple. He's not asking for all these other things. He's not asking for your map quest directions. He's not. He just says, follow me obedience to him imagine it the story if they would have said yes now think about it the guy who was who was unwilling to give up his possessions maybe maybe if he would have followed christ he would learn what what real wealth was pastor jared used this illustration last week where he had the he had the one dollar bill and it says, open your hand, and I'll give you the $5 bill. And so many times we leave our hands closed, and we don't want to give up. But God's got so much promise on the, uh, for us. He's got a 5 or a 20. He's got so much greater for me. He says, just follow me and your earth positions. But we want to hold on to what we think is right. What, we want to hold on to what we think is right. And he says, no, follow me. I've got much more greater for you. For you. Think about uh, the guy who wanted to bury his dad, follow Christ, and who knows, maybe, maybe the, the guy would have been risen. We, we, we know what happens to dead people in the Bible. They have a strange habit of doing things around Jesus, like not staying dead. How about the guy that wanted to say goodbye to his family? This is a big one here. What about the guy that wanted to say goodbye to his family? What if you've got people that are not saved in your family, not following Christ, and Jesus asks you to follow him and you start following him? Your family's going to see that, and they're going to notice that. Then they're going to follow behind. Just think of what that guy did. He said, Let me go, let me go back and s- say goodbye to my family. Let me, let me look back. Let me, let me go by. All the time, as Jesus is going to keep going and keep going away. But he's he's with his family. But if he would have followed Jesus, think about the people that would have followed him. Am I speaking to anybody this morning? Maybe there's somebody in your family that's lost or they're they're struggling. And you want to you want to go you want to go back and be a part of them. You you want to be there. But Jesus is like, I've called you out to something greater. Step out into something greater. People are watching you in your family and your friends and your circle. Now, if you step out and you take that lead and follow Jesus. Other people are going to see that and then they're going to follow you while you're following Jesus. While you're following Jesus. Amen this morning. Amen. Um, what about so the story of people approaching and, w- not, and wanting to follow Jesus but unwilling to trust and obey? It goes back to the obedience part. Are you being obedient? Are you trusting and obeying? Jesus is on the plan, He's on the journey, He knows where He's going. Are we will be obedient to him. God does not want to hear an excuse. He does not want to hear an excuse. I think in our society today, we, we give so many excuses to, to things that we don't want to do. And even things we do want to do. But we, tell it, we, we come up with excuses. We come up with lies just, just to get out of stuff. That's not being obedient. That's not being obedient at all. Look at this with me this morning. A follower is willing to give God a little bit of their lives. A disciple is willing to give it all. A follower is willing to give it all. It's like if you go to the table and there's a little bit of crumbs and you just give a little bit of crumbs. As a follower, you're just like, here, th- this is all I've got. It's just, just a plate full of crumbs. But to be a true disciple, here, take it all. Take it all, whatever it takes. I want to follow you. I want to be right behind you. Which one are you this morning? Are you a, are you a follower? Or are you a true disciple? A true disciple, being obedient and being following. To be a disciple, we're not asked to be, we're not asked to be great thinkers or theologians. We're not asked to be, we're not asked to be perfect. To be a disciple, we're asked to be obedient. Where you go, I'll go. I will follow you all of my days, and I will go there this morning. The disciples, they did not have a clue where they were going, if you think about it. They didn't have a clue what's, what was ahead of them. Jesus did. And we, wouldn't, we won't learn until later on that he tells them, you know, what's going to happen. It's like that in our own, personal, our own personal lives. He doesn't lay out the full map, quest directions for us. He just says, follow me. And you have to trust and you have to follow where he's going to follow him. So what does following look like? What does following look like? Devin, if you want to come up here for a few minutes with me. I love social media. I'll be the first one to tell you, but for, not for reasons that you may think. The reason is I, I'm a sucker for happy stories. I like when the puppies get saved. I like when the, the military family comes back home. I, I like when the, the family, you know, comes into wealth. I like, I, I like the puppies getting saved, too. I like those wonderful stories on social media. What does following look like? We think of social media. We think of we, we follow. We follow people. Why do we follow them? They got in, they're, they're posting something interesting or they've got interest something interesting to say, what does following look like? I want to share a story that maybe you've heard about, but it's been on Good Morning America at the Today Show. It's, 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 and it's a happy ending. This story caught my eye. There's this Las Vegas pizzeria that's been blessed with a lot of business by this, this one gentleman. He's on social media. And his name's Keith Lee. And he shared a video of millions and millions of people. That people come and it's this pizza place called Frankensons in Las Vegas. They serve pizza, wings, uh, garlic bread. I know I'm making you hungry. He shared a video uh, of this. Reviewing, reviewing what, what's eating the food and sharing it. And so he spent, he spent a little less than $100. And so his message and honest review went over, shared over 30 million views in one week. So this guy, he, he, re, he goes to this restaurant and he posts, he just eats the food and he shares how he, how he feels about it. And it got over 30 million views. It gets better. The owner said that the business wasn't so great for the restaurant. He said, we were lucky if we were doing $400 a day. And he said, only just a few hours after Keith Lee reviewed and ate their food and shared it all over social media, he said, Our phone never stopped ringing. He said, I've sold more wings in the past two days than I have in years in my restaurant. He said, The review brought people to his, his restaurant from Iowa, California, Utah, all over the country to this restaurant in Las Vegas. Keith Lee shared his video on Good Morning America today's show and he, he was so excited and the owner said i'm working to get my my stuff restocked i'm selling out of i'm selling out of food and utensils and everything and this is listen to what the owner says he says i'm working to get stocks supplies and food i'm bringing everyone in to help all i can say is thank you this has been life changing this has been life changing all because one person, one person, people follow this one person. He went and reviewed, talked about food, and millions and millions of people followed that one person. Church, let me ask you something. What if we told one person about Jesus? What if we just went and told one person about Jesus? Jesus. What if we were an obedient follower, went out, doesn't have to be social media, told one person about Jesus. And a couple of days that they went back and did they did another story. They said the business, the businesses, this business had lines around the block for days. Just trying, just trying to get this food and trying to eat this food that this one person talked about. Church, what would it look like if we followed? Why can't we have lines wrapped around the church building for days and for days? Because of one follower, people followed. Do you want to know why? Do you want, you want to hear my thought why? This is why. Verse 62. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow looks back is fit for the service of the king. No one who puts his hand to the plow looks back is fit for the service for the kingdom of God. Now he's talking about those, those people that came to him with the excuses. They said, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I've got to go. I've got, what about, what about my earthly possessions? They had their hand to the plow now. But they looked back. But I've got, i got, got to go. i got to go tell my family. I've got to go tell my family, and they looked back. I've got to go bury my dad, and they looked back. Let me go a little further with you. What excuses are, are we telling people? What? I'll follow you, but hold on. Let me go and let me go. Let me let me go and do this. Let me go. Let me go get my finances straight church what are we telling what are we telling him what are we telling him we're looking back and the scripture he says you're not fit for the kingdom of god that's harsh but i'm like no one who puts his hand to the plow okay you've got your hand to the plow you've got it on it looks back catch this part of looking back he points out that the kingdom has no room for those who look back when they are called to go forward When they're called to go forward. Let me take it a little further. We've gotten so good at excuses that we've lacked execution to follow. We've gotten so good at excuses that we've lacked the execution to follow. We pick up our plow and we start moving, but we look back with our excuses. What happens when you, church, what happens when you look back? You lose your way. You're all over the place. And he's saying, look. You're no good for the kingdom of God. That's harsh. I'm just telling you what it says. When you look back, this is for somebody this morning. When you look back, you're not on a straight path. You've got your hand to the plow. You think you're doing good, but you're looking back. You're not following. You're just all over the place. Come on, somebody. You're all over the place. Would You stand with me this morning. when you've got your hand to the plow and you're planting your seeds and you're you're going forward and you're looking back you're all over the place you're not planting seeds you're you're just looking back you're all over the place and eventually the ground is not getting the good seed it's not getting the correct thing to pl- it's not getting the correct thing to plow this is for somebody this this morning you can't plow a straight line looking back over your shoulder you can't plant a straight line, looking back over your shoulder. What does that mean? What are you talking about? I'm not a farmer in this, in, in here this morning, but you're a follower. To follower. This morning, I'm talking to somebody. This morning, listen. There's, there's some things this morning that God has called you out of some mess. He has called you out of a situation. He's called you out of a job, a relationship. He's called you out of so many things. But you're looking back. But you're looking back, and he's saying, "I, I can't, I can't use you, I can't use you, because you're you're all over the place." Stop looking back. You can't follow him and look back. You can't follow him and look back. This morning, if that's you, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sing, we're gonna pray a little bit. But if that's you, if you have to come. If you have to come here in prayer, you have to physically put your hand to the plow. I don't know what it is, but that's for somebody this morning. You can't look back. God's called you out of that. Stop looking back. Stop looking back. God will meet you right where you are in order to take you where he wants you to be. God's going to meet you right where you, you, where you are to take you where he needs to be. Are you going to be obedient to this follow this morning? Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, the the word was short this morning, but I I just want to go into this next few moments. It's for somebody. Lord, somebody needs to hear this, Lord, that they they don't need to look back, Lord. Lord, they've got their hand to the plow, but, Lord, maybe they they keep looking back at family or a job or a relationship or something that's holding them back this morning. Lord, somebody needs to hear this, Lord. Stop looking back. Stop looking back. Stay your eyes toward heaven. Stay your eyes forward, Lord. Somebody needs to hear this mo- this morning. Stop looking back. Stop looking back. Lord, let us be obedient to you this morning, Lord. Lord, if even if it takes putting our hand to the plow and turning our eyes toward heaven, that's what it takes this morning. Lord, I pray that the person this morning comes forward, Lord, that they put their hands on that plow and go forward. In your name we pray, Jesus, Jesus. If that's you, this one of our devin sings, Lord. Lord I just want to pray, pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. What you pray, I'll pray.
1: What you pray, I'll pray. Where you go, I'll go. What you say, I'll say. God, what you pray, I'll pray. What you pray, I'll pray. Jesus only did What he saw you do He would only say What he heard you speaking He would only move When he felt you leading Following your heart Following your spirit. So how could I expect to walk without you when every move that Jesus made was in surrender? And I will not begin to live without you. There's somebody else this morning.
0: Maybe if it's just, maybe you think it's just a small peek. Maybe there's somebody else this morning. You're, you're peeking back. You're peeking back. You're peeking back at things you shouldn't be peeking back at. When He's called you out of that, He's called you out of that. Move forward. Be obedient. Press toward. Press toward. Don't look back. Go forward. Don't even look back over your shoulder. Stay firm. Stay forward. Stay firm and stay forward, Jesus Lord, Lord, in this time Jesus, you are, oh who you
1: are, and though the world sees and soon forgets, no we will not forget who you are, oh who you are, oh, 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 oh. though the world sees and soon. No, we will not forget who you are and what you've done for us. Where you go, I'll go. What you say, I'll say, God. What you pray, I'll pray. What you
0: pray, I'll pray. Declare it today, church. Declare it today looking forward. No eyes back. Eyes forward, Jesus. Declare it today, church. Declare it today, church, so we know
1: What you pray, I hope pray. What you pray, I hope pray. Where you go, I'll go. What you say, I'll say, God. What you pray, I hope pray.
2: Promised land was them always looking back and making excuses, complaints. And, and every every excuse or every complaint that you make is it's a declaration of God not being faithful. Is what it is. And the Bible says, "Without faith, it's impossible." impossible means you can't without faith you cannot please God It's, it's impossible so every time an excuse is made or every time a complaint is made what you are saying is I don't have faith that God is who he says he is and can do what he says he can do think about that every time you open up your mouth and bitter water comes out Every time you say those things, you're saying, God, you're not who you say you are because I'm making excuses or I'm complaining about it. When he says, all I ask you to do, put your hands to the plow and follow. He said, don't, he didn't say, put your hands to the plow and complain. Don't put your hands to the plow and... When the sun is hot and beating down on you in the middle of the field, he says, I, I, I know that you're there. He knows that you're da- there. He's wanting to know will you trust. Have faith. Don't complain when you have your hands to the plow and, and, and it's hot one day and then it starts raining the next and you go from complaining about it being hot to complaining now that it's being, you're being rained upon and at one moment the rain is refreshing but when the rain keeps going then the rain becomes a nuisance I talked to somebody last week that everything that this person said the whole conversation was negative I'm talking about every and for as long as I've known this person I've never heard them say anything positive ever and you can tell by their demeanor. You can tell by the way they act. You can tell by the way they walk. They walk defeated all the time. All the time. God says, I know where you're at. He says, I know what you have need of before you ever even ask. All I ask you to do, put your hands to the plow and follow. Let me lead you. Because guess what? You are not, you're not, you're not pushing this thing. Okay. What's on the other end of the plow that Jesus is talking about here is the Holy Spirit. He's hooked to this plow. The Holy Spirit is. And the only thing you have to do if you know how one of these plows work. Is if you want to go deeper in him. You got to put a little pressure on it. Oh, come, we. Oh Lord help me. I ain't trying to preach John's message. But we we, we want to be led by the Spirit. We want to put our hands to the plow, but there's a surface level that we're not even scratching the ground because we don't want to press in. We don't want the the little bit of effort it takes to put some pressure on this plow. We're not pushing it. We're just pressing into the Holy Spirit for Him to lead us. And as we press into the Holy Spirit, the plow goes deeper into the soil to plant deeper that you get better soil, that you get better nutrients. How many knows if you just scrape the top of the grains off and lay a seed there, it's probably not going to produce nothing. But when you dig deep into the ground, you get the the best, most fertile soil that when the seed is planted that it takes root and it comes up. If you'll press in and dig and let the Holy Spirit lead you, then the ground that comes up will be ground that you can plant in that will produce something in your life. But the problem is we don't want to press. We don't want to press. And then we just don't. We don't want to... I'm gonna be quiet, that was for somebody, that was for somebody. Put the plow up, that's plows, brother Sammy's and it's, it's old. Peter, Jesus told Peter this in the end of, of this is the end of John or Luke or whatever. I can't remember the end of the end of that chapter where they're, they're, Jesus put the fish on the shore and they had been fishing all night. Peter jumps out of the boat. Y'all, you've heard me preach this. And Jesus tells Peter, will you feed my sheep? And and at the end of that story, Peter and Jesus is walking along there. And and Peter turns to Jesus and says, what about about John? What, What about him? And basically, Jesus tells Peter, don't you worry about John. Don't worry. That's you looking at back, basically. I'll take care of John just like I'll take care of you. Your job is not to worry about what John's going to do, but it's to worry about what Peter's going to do. And that's the problem we, we get looked at people, too. Well, they're not doing this, or they're not doing this, or they're not doing that. and they're, Well, I'm over here serving, and I'm serving, and I'm serving, and that person over there is not serving, and why can't they? Don't worry about what anybody else is doing. God called you to put your hands to the plow, let the Holy Spirit lead you, and then press in every now and then to get you some good ground. get you some good ground amen Lord we thank you for this word Lord we thank you for your presence here today Father help us God to put our hands to the plow and continue on being led by the Holy Spirit God and God and not be afraid to press in Father so the plow can root up God anything that is in our lives and the ground can become good and fertile Lord for the seed to produce in our lives so God let us go forth in your power God forth in your anointing forth in your calling Lord Jesus. Jesus God looking to you the author and finisher of our faith. God that we continue on in you steadfastly, Lord. God because you are unmovable and unchangeable, Father. So let us go, God in this day, God in this week, God looking only to you with no excuses or complaints. God because you are faithful to do what you say you can do and your word is true and we believe in in the name of Jesus. So God help us God to change our thinking the Change the way we speak, God, to change the way we do, God, and just to follow after you in everything that we do, Father. Everything that we do, God, let it be a follower of you and point to Christ in Jesus' most holy, precious, powerful name that we can ever lift up. In your name, Jesus, we pray.